You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 266 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. End of the weekend, beginning of the work week. Christmas is around the corner. Make sure you get your letters to Santa. Don't want them bypassing your house. What's going on, folks? How's everybody doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, folks, uh, well, we've got a few things to talk about, a player spotlight, the whole deal. Um, I do want to say at the top of the show before we, uh, uh, get into things, I want to thank those, uh, or I want to thank everybody that reached out and asked about my wife's surgery and how everything was going. Uh, everything went great. Um, uh, surgery went well, uh, you know, been a sore, obviously sore last couple days. I mean, no, no one's, you know, running around doing triathlons or anything, but I mean, uh, um, overall, for, you know, uh, to be expected. Um, but you know, she got the meds and kind of, you know, um, no, everything, everything really went well. Um, I, I want to, I, I, well, not that they're listening, but it was just a, amazing job by the nurses and the doctor um everyone at city hospital in Saskatoon was great um yeah I mean I know you know it's overload and there's tons of people and whatever but um the nurses they had and the the two specifically that kind of just were like kind of dealing with my wife's stuff um couldn't have been you know more patient and nice and answered all the questions and uh actually my wife and the and the nurse there got along quite famously actually she sat in the room and uh, had quite a conversation. Um, yeah. And the doctor was great. And it really, um, I don't really put, you know, I mean, there's only so much I can, Oh, it'll be good. You know, everything will be fine. There's only so much I can say. Right. Um, but when, yeah, when the doctor came into prep and, and, uh, you know, kind of, and just talked to her and, and, you know, and just told her what was going to go on. And, uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's routine surgery, but I mean, you're still, you know, you're getting put under and people are shooting lasers and everything else. So, um, you know, your mind always, you know, you always tend to worry. Um, but he was really good. Um, yeah, I put my wife at ease and, uh, and myself and, uh, yeah. And like I said, was, uh, everything went really well and, uh, as expected. And, uh, yeah, she's at home upstairs right now, resting comfortably. Um, in fact, I think I can, yeah. She's, I think she's sleeping. So, um, but no, overall it went really well. And like I said, the, uh, the nurses and everybody at city hospital was great. So no, it really went well. And I, I, again, I want to thank everybody that reached out and, uh, and, and sent the text message and emails and stuff. It meant a lot. And, uh, no, it's all good. So thank you very much. And, um, again, I apologize kind of around here. It's been a little, obviously the last little couple few days have been a little goofy and, um, you know, obviously my mind really was not on, um, uh, podcasting, so to speak. So, um, but I hope everybody did go back. And on Wednesday, I actually had an interview with Kyle Termini, uh, former LNAH player. And of course he shared some stories from the old crazy, uh, LNAH days back in 2006, seven and eight. So, um, good guy, fun to talk to. Um, I know the, the feedback's been really positive on the episode. So, uh, Again, I want to thank everybody that tuned in. Um, I know I missed the Sunday before, um, just with everything that was going on. And, uh, well, actually it had nothing to do with my wife. We were actually in town. Grocery, we just got home really late. And then, yeah, I just, uh, and it just didn't work out. And, um, you know, and Sunday came and I was going to record something and just put it out right away. And then I, I think I talked about it on the Termini episode. I just, to be completely honest, my, I just wasn't into it. And, um, yeah, and I just wasn't just feeling it. And, uh, like I said, my Cal Ripken like streak came to an end, but I think I did pretty good, uh, for two shows a week. I, I think I went pretty good. I think it went for over a year. Even when I was on vacation, I had stuff in the can. So I don't, I think it was a, it was a pretty solid run there, but, uh, don't worry, folks. We're back on a, on a Sunday and Wednesday, uh, timeline and, uh, for the foreseeable future anyway, until, well, until February, school break on February, cause I will be going to Las Vegas. And, um, I'm not sure what will happen then, but in the, the next couple weeks and everything else, obviously with Christmas and all that stuff going on, um, I will have some episodes and everything. So don't you worry. Um, well, what you can worry about is what we're going to talk about today. Should probably get into something here. Um, you know, I'll talk, well, let's talk about some, gotta keep the lights on around here. Keep the sponsors happy. Keep the bosses happy, but I'm going to talk about some of my friends too. They have some new stuff out. So let's talk about that. Um, as always, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you, probably multiple podcasts for you. Um, also, for my off-network friends, of course, we got Alec down there in North Carolina at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he has been busy with work. He's Picasso out there. He's busy painting and driving all over the state. And I don't know what he's doing down there, but, um, I know his next episode is going to be the Kerry Toporowski special. Um, he actually recorded a, a bit with me for that as well as Jay, uh, former teammate, Mark McFarlane. And I believe there's another player involved. Um, I think, but I'm looking forward to that. I know he wants to get it out. Um, it's just, <laughs> I believe me, time, time, time. We all want time. Um, but in the meantime, 
I always, I always bust on him and, you know, you know, well, and for the most part for good reason. But I will say he does have a tremendous back catalog by Lois, Rob Ray, Segroy, Ken Tasker, Jason Rushton, on and on. So definitely check that out. And also, Jolton Joel Lazito released an episode of the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. It is his first player interview and it's with Trevor Steenberg and, uh, Joe is off to the races. So I wish him luck in this new endeavor and I hope uh, folks are tuning in because uh, uh, anybody that's obviously familiar with Joe's previous work at the Coliseum Chronicles uh, know how in-depth his interviews are and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be for a while, pack a lunch. If you're going to listen. You're going to be there for a while, but uh, you will know all about the player by the time it's over. So uh, he does a great job and I'm glad Joe's back at it. And, um, I know he was, he was just asked me for pictures of a certain guy. So I know, uh, I know who the next guest is. I won't throw that out there, but it should be a, <coughs> a fun listen. And, um, yeah, I hope, I hope everyone listens, supports Joe in his efforts, the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Um, and let's bounce over to YouTube. Holy shit. I actually uploaded two fights to YouTube today. I was just realizing it's been like a month since I've uploaded anything on YouTube. Um, ever since they kind of killed my monetization, my sort of my, uh, um, I need to get back on that. I need to start. I want to, I I keep saying it. I've been saying it for probably half a year now that I really want to incorporate my YouTube channel. I want to get more active on it and start doing a lot uh, more things, not just fight clips, but, um, I have a few projects that I'd like to put on there. Just some fun little things. Not that I'm going to do some you know, two hour cinematic masterpiece or anything, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing a couple, um, almost like when I do the player spotlight, but just sort of for YouTube, so to speak. So I'd like to get back into that. I know I've said it before. I got to get Isha involved in this. Uh, cause like I said, they killed my monetization and, um, yeah. And I kind of want to get that back. So yeah, I got to get involved in that. But, uh, anyway, like I said, speaking of YouTube, um, there's a few YouTube channels I'd like you to check out. Uh, of course, again, Alec over at the Five for Fighting, uh, he's got uh, a YouTube channel, a new one, because, uh, YouTube decided to kill his old one. Um, but he's got a backup Five for Fighting podcast. Head over, hit the subscription button, hit the subscribe button. Um, he's been uploading fan videos that have been sent to him from, um, and he's had some great stuff from the East Coast League this year. Um, I know he wants to get a little more active on his YouTube channel as well. So please hit the subscribe button. Um, Again, I'm on, like I said, I just uploaded a couple of videos, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Um, anybody that's listening for any length of time, you know my YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. And um, and I always say that, not just for my own benefit, but any, honestly, any YouTube channel, like if you enjoy their content and you're always going back and checking, oh, did I wonder if they put anything new up or whatever, um, hit the subscribe button. And it's the same thing with, uh, when I always talk about what, when you listen to the show, whatever show you listen on the podcast, whatever iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, whatever you listen to your shows on, one, could you download them? Not just, I always say that's my little inside joke. I know a few of the listeners would joke about it. Download, don't stream. But in, in truthfully, whatever, whatever podcast you listen to, not just mine or Alec or a hockey podcast, if it's a travel podcast or, like I said, a history podcast, whatever it may be, um, download it. Believe me, the creator will, the content creator will appreciate that. 
Um, you know, if they're not getting, if it's a, you know, if they're not getting paid by the download, um, it, regardless, um, it's a listen. It's easy for the analytics to follow streaming. You can't follow it. So downloading helps. That's what they need. Um, so yes. And like I said, I'm not just saying it for me, but I'm just saying for those that listen to podcasts all the time, please download them, rate and review them. It's as, as a, that's all I can ask as a creator for you guys. It's just, it's a something that'll take a minute of your time. You only have to do it once. Um, just rate and review the show. It help and it'll mean everything to the creator because it helps in searches in the future from whatever platform it happens to be on. A lot of stuff happens behind the scenes, uh, analytically, uh, when you guys do that sort of thing. Far more than I think people realize. And, um, like I said, like a perfect example is I was just looking. I think I have like 50 reviews or something on on Spotify. Well, I know my show's been listened to a lot more than 50 times. So, I mean, for those listening, I mean, it, you're there anyway. It would mean a lot to me if you could. And for all the creators, like I said. So, if you could do that, that would be great. But on YouTube, hit the subscribe. That's all you got to do. Subscribe. Boom. There. Done. That's it. Never have to do it again. And And it's helping out a lot. So... Yeah, check out Alex's channel, my channel, um, Jordan's channel, Five in a Game. He just got it started. Hit subscribe there. Hopefully Jordan continues to create content. Um, good dude. I'm going to get him back on the show. He was a guest a couple weeks back. Um, big Quebec guy. Um, but yeah, definitely hit, hit subscribe on his channel. And, uh, and my boy Jay in Iowa. Oh, yeah, just back from Miami Beach. Tough life. Yeah, hanging out on the beach. Say, so, yeah, he's telling me about all the, all the beautiful women walking around. He's taking pictures of his feet and the, and the, and the, at the water. Yeah, I'm looking at his feet in the sand. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, as he's sending this to me in the morning, I'm, I'm looking out my windshield at, uh, it's, it's minus 40. Oh, and this guy's out at the beach. What a life. Yeah, he doesn't have a job. He has a position. But, uh, Jay does have a YouTube channel. And it's D skunk, D like the letter, Darren, D and skunk like the animal, D skunk. I, for, I keep forgetting to ask him what that means, but he's had the channel forever and, uh, he's been uploading Southern SPHL fights from this year. But if you go back, he goes back years and years, like back to the old, uh, UHL days and stuff. He's got Frank Littlejohn fights and Jonathan Nam or Tremblay and yeah. Prust in Quebec City, or Quebec City, Quad City, pardon me. And, uh, yeah, so definitely go back and go down the rabbit hole, the D-Skunk channel, because he's got some great stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, so hit subscribe as well for there. There, I'm, look at the YouTube channels I'm giving you guys tonight. I'm giving you gold here. I really am. <clears throat> All right, well, that's enough of the promotions. The only other shout-outs I have to give out, uh, you know, to the to the... We got some, some, the, the battered, the bruised and battered. We got Tim out there in the broken broken jaw. It's all wired shut. We got list guy Tim and his broken jaw. You know, his kids just want to listen to, uh, I don't know. What are the, what are the kids listen to these days? I don't know what Billy Eilish, Taylor Swift. That tells you how out of touch I am. I have no idea. Basically, my, my radio station just sort of sits on classic rock. And I always say, that's how you know what I was telling the kids at work there the other day, the seasonal kid. I said, you know, you're old 
when the music you listen to in high school is on the classic rock station. That's when you know you're old. Um, but yeah, they just want to get down with some Billy Eilish and, and Tim is unfortunately making them listen to me in the truck. Uh, what parenting, I'm telling you. But Tim gives our job feeling better. Got to get that jaw feeling better. Like I said, once he gets that jaw, once he starts flapping his lips again, well, I'm going to get him on the show. And we're going to do the ultimate list show. Actually, we'll do multiple lists. Maybe that'll be my New Year's show with Tim. We'll do like multiple lists. It'll be the multiple list show. That's all the show will be. It will be lists. It's a good idea. Hold on. I'm actually going to write that down. The ultimate list show. I'm Ultimate list show. That's pretty good. I just came up with that. All right, uh, and then of course, uh, oh, hold on, rattling my mic here. Um, actually, I got a new mic. I gotta hook it up. It's like one of the desk ones, and it like comes over. It's like really, uh, it's uh, it's like really radio style. It's pretty. My wife bought it for me a while ago. I gotta get that hooked up. <clears throat> Make me look all professional and shit. Um, of course, we got Charlie there. He's waiting for his back surgery. Oh, yeah, and. Uh, you know, he's gonna get that back surgery done, and he can get back in the, he can get back in the uh, yoga studio, and uh, you know, get his praying mantis going and and downward dog and uh, and all that stuff. Charlie, I appreciate you listening to the show. Um, I think Charlie's a Bruins fan, so you know, we won't hold that against him. But you know, I hope you're feeling better, man. And, uh, you believe, I, I, I feel bad for him because not only does he have a bad back, but he's telling me as he's laid up, sort of waiting, forget this, and you know, he can't really move that great and whatever. He went down the rabbit hole and like listened to like all my shows like right in a row. Could you imagine having this voice in your, you know, I mean, that's like, uh, that'd be like, fuck, that's like next to waterboarding right there. You're a brave man, Charlie. I'll tell you that, you know, get better boys. And, uh. Yeah, when you guys are healed up and feeling and feeling better, and maybe we'll get you on the show, Charlie, Tim. Well, Tim's coming on the show, whether he likes it or not. We're we're busting out some lists, Charlie. You know, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll have to meet up. We'll do some cartwheels or something. I don't know. All right, folks. It's like sixteen minutes. We haven't talked about anything here. Uh, well, that's not true. Well, we talked about some stuff here. Where's my list? I got my list here. Um, we're gonna do some odds and ends. Uh, a few things that came up, um, uh, maybe straighten out a few myths as much as I can. And then with player spotlight, you know, whose player spotlight is today? <clears throat> well, and I've now I've stopped and started it so many times. Did I even sit, did I say at the top of the show who that? Wow. Well, whatever. I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but whatever. Today's player spotlight will be on Scott Thornton. Um, not Sean Thornton, Scott Thornton. And I'm a massive Scott Thornton fan. And, uh, and it was a, and a, and I've said it before with these players spotlight. I'm, I've, I've done here for the last little bit. I've done a few of them. Um, I'm really getting into them. I gotta say, um, it, it is a fun journey down the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, like I said, a lot of the times I've seen the fights, but I've, I've seen, like I said, I've seen so much stuff. I mean, I've, I, I say this every week, but I've said, I've seen so much stuff. It all sort of runs together. So some stuff sticks out, but there was a, there was a bunch of fights in Scott Thornton's card that I hadn't seen. So it was, it was really cool to uh, go down that uh, rabbit hole. So uh, no, the, the player spotlights have been fun. Um, yes, I'm getting your request. I've seen people requested. Oh, you gotta do this guy, that guy. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'll get to him. 
Um, Tim, Tim's pissed. I'm not doing any lists. How about this? I'm not doing any lists until Tim comes on the show. Oh, how's that one? There's a challenge right there. That's a throwdown. Um, but, uh, I, I'm really enjoying the player spotlights. So Scott Thornton will be coming up here at the, at the end of the show. Um, all right. Um, well, well, I guess we got to talk right at the start. Ice Wars 3 has been announced, um, in Cheyenne, Wyoming on March 4th. So here we go. Um, not like obviously none of the fights have been announced or anything like that. Um, so I don't know what the tournament is or if there's going to be one or whatever, but that is the, uh, the location. As I said, uh, I, well, I won't, unfortunately I won't be there live. Um, actually I will have just come home from Las Vegas. Um, I actually get home from Las Vegas March 3rd. Um, we're, we're going to Vegas during the school break there for 10 days. And, uh, you know, our annual, well, any longtime listeners will know it's my annual Vegas trip in February. I do every year I've done for the last decade. Um, you know, and unfortunately we, we have to go, obviously my wife's a school teacher, so we have to go during the school breaks. Um, you know, really pay the, you know, really jack up the price on us. But, uh, uh, we always go in February. So unfortunately, but I will be back the night before this event. Um, I would love to be down there in person, obviously, but that's not going to happen. So I will be like much, most of you listening, I will be tuning in, uh, to the pay-per-view. Um, we'll see, obviously, you know, we're a couple months away. Um, I think I would like to do some sort of live feed while that is going on. I mean, we'll buy the pay-per-view. I'm not going to live stream the pay-per-view, obviously, but, um, I think if we all buy the pay-per-view and kind of just like, you know, hang out in a live type setting and we can all talk about it while it's going on. I think that would be fun. Um, I think that would be something to, br- to bring back to my YouTube channel. Um, so I, I think that would be fun. Um, yeah. So I think that, w- you know, I might do that or if someone's doing a channel, uh, whatever. I mean, well, it's a couple months away, obviously, but, um, yeah, Ice Wars 3 in Cheyenne. I know Dr. Chris is pumped because he lives in Wyoming, so he's definitely going to it. Um, I think Alec has said he is going to try to get down there. Um, I guess it's not down, well, over there for him. He's already in North Carolina. Um, I don't know what Jay's doing, um, but, um, cause I think he's, I don't know if he said he was going to try to go there. I think he's, I think he's traveling before then. Whatever. But it's in, uh, yeah, March 4th, it is happening. Ice Wars 3. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, of course, with the buildup, uh, I'm going to do what, even though I'm not going to be there in person, I'm still going to do what I always do. Um, I'm going to, well, see, now this is where it gets interesting because, of course, 10 days earlier than that, I will be in Las Vegas. So um, hopefully I can get the card from AJ ahead of time, um, a couple, a week or two ahead of time because I would, I always enjoy doing the preview shows and I like having Jay and Alec on and those preview shows have actually get a lot of listens. Um, they do really well. Um, people have, the people have really taken to them. Um, and I always like doing the preview show. And then of course, obviously the review show. Um, and see, this will be interesting this year, this, the third one to do the review show, especially if Alec and them are there. Cause I have to get Dr. Chris on as well. And, uh, do a live, like what their feelings were live and what it was like, you know, for Jay and I on, 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 uh, pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking for, I always look forward to the Ice Wars shows. As I said, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to try to get AJ back on the show, we'll get him to talk about a few things, um, get some of the fighters on, um, you know how, you know, we do it. Um, I know it's been brought up 
every once in a while, it, it was mentioned to me for the first one and then the second one, what's with all the Ice Wars stuff? There's other hockey out there. Well, yeah, and we have the rest of the year. Like, like I told the guy, I said, well, they do a couple events a year. Like, you're acting like Ice Wars is the only thing I talk about for eight months. It's like, well, that's not true. Um, you know, I mean, does it, I don't know, as a fight fan, does it really bother you? Like, I, I, as a fight, as a hockey fight fan, or if you're a hockey fight fan, I guess I should say, I don't know why Ice Wars bothers you, but some people just take, like, just offense to it or something, and not, you know, whatever. You don't have to watch it, you don't have to listen to the preview show, I mean, okay, that's fine, but I, I think claiming that all I do is Ice Wars stuff is kind of unfair. I mean, around the time that the pay-per-view is coming out and the event is coming up leading up to it, yeah, okay, for the week or two leading up to it, yeah, it's a lot of Ice Wars talk and maybe that's who I have on and, you know, cause, <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Um, like I said, it's not like that's every episode I ever do is always about Ice Wars. I mean, that's not fair. Um, but I think, you know, if I'm gonna do a hockey fight podcast, which this is, well, the biggest hockey fight event is Ice Wars. So, of course, that would make sense to have the combatants on, would it not? Um, so, I don't know. I, I take a little bit of, uh, you know, a little umbrage with, uh, you know, a little offense to, I, I that's all you talk about. Well, okay, for maybe a week or two before and a week after. I mean, I dedicate a couple episodes to it. Is that, you know, I mean, holy shit, I do two episodes a week. I'm doing over 100 shows a year. The fact that I might d- dedicate at tops 10 to an Ice Wars event. Well, you got 90 other ones to listen to, bro. Like, come on. Give me a little bit of a, a some break here, you know? Like, come on. You know, and I'm like, and again, I, I hope everyone supports Ice Wars. I understand it's not for everybody. So if it's not your thing, that's fine. I don't, I'm not saying people like anyone listening to this show does, but I'd like, I don't, I've seen it though from people. I don't know what going around the internet and bashing the event is, what that does. I mean, why say anything? You don't have to say, you don't have to be for it or again it, but it's just like, why, you know, <clears throat> like, I mean, I don't watch the NHL. I think the NHL is junk, but I don't run around yelling everybody to stop watching the Leafs game tonight because it's horrible and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, I just ignore it. So why can't you just ignore it? You know, and like I said, for those that don't like Ice Wars that listen to this show regularly, I, hey, I guess you could take a week or two off and listen to my voice, I guess. Um, you know, I appreciate the fact that you come back and, and that's fine, like I said. But I'll, you know, if, but I think, um, not that it's my job to promote the event, but I, 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 I like the event. I'm a big fan of it. I like what AJ's doing. And I'm going to promote the guys. And I'm never, that's never going to change. So I guess for a few weeks, if you're not into Ice Wars or any of the competitors, I guess you'll get your break from the fourth line voice. But I hope you come back because that's not all I ever talk about. I think I've clearly demonstrated that as well. So, um, anyway, where's that horse? I gotta keep beating it. Um, but no, Ice Wars 3, uh, March 4th. Um, as, uh, details come out and events and the fighters come out or, or whatever the tournament comes out, um, yeah, I will bring it up on this show. And, uh, I laugh cause, uh, I told Dr. Chris, I said, well, cause he's a hell of a photographer. 
And he does, and when he was over in South Africa, he has some tremendous wildlife pictures and everything else. In fact, as I sit here, I am staring at three that, that he was very nice to send me. Um, you know, when they take the picture and they put them on like the canvas, it looks great. I have three of them. I get lions here that he took. And it's like the head of the pride and, you know, the, and all like great pictures. But anyway, point being, I'm sitting there talking, all that. I said, well, shit. I said, well, I might be able to get you in there. We will talk to AJ. You could, uh, you could be the official photographer for Ice Wars 3 in Wyoming. Oh, well, I've never taken any, I don't know. I'd be kind of nervous. I've never taken any pictures like that. Come, motherfuckers out in the bush taking pictures of friggin' lions in South Africa. Yeah, and he's worried about the ice, taking pictures of ice wars. Kind of cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't, I, I think you'll be able to do it just fine. Uh, yeah, as he's skulking in the bushes taking pictures of a lion's pride and everything else. Yeah, but he's worried about taking pictures of, uh, you know, Curtis Swanson and Bo Cornell at ice wars. Don't worry, Dr. Chris, you'll be alright. But AJ, I think I found you a photographer. Yeah. Works cheap, too. They can just give him a bottle of wild turkey. Um, uh, yes. But no, I think him and, him and Alec will be, uh, bombing around, uh, Ice Wars 3. So that'll be, those will be fun, uh, you, uh, Facebook pages to, uh, follow during the event. So, um, uh, moving on from that, um, well, of course, last night, well, I guess you were listening to this on Sunday. Friday night, uh, Daniel Amesbury, old Diamond Hands himself, uh, was a participant in the rough and rowdy 19 pay-per-view by Barstool Sports. It's basically an old man, tough man contest, old time tough man contest, uh, where they box. And, uh, I don't know who he fought, some pudgy white dude, but old, uh, Diamond Hands dropped this dude like second period French. Yeah, he beat that dude like the dude owned him trans or something. 15 seconds it took him to knock this cat out. So, um, yeah, Daniel Ainsbury is 1-0 and at Rough and Rowdy. So, I think that's a pretty good... I Hey, careful what you wish for. You want to fight the, the hockey player, do you? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, congratulations to Daniel. Um, again, I've had him on the show before. Great guest. Uh, obviously at Ice Wars, the last two events at Edmonton, I've, I've, uh, sat down with him, uh, talked to him for a little bit. Good guy. Um, yeah. So congratulations to Daniel Amesbury, uh, for winning his rough and rowdy debut, um, with a 15 second knock. We didn't even have to shower after, you know, um, yeah, tremendous. Um, another, another gentleman, um, I was actually going to see, this is <clears throat> Pardon me. This is where I'm sort of getting my shows can, can uh, mixed up um, because I had actually started record the episode that I didn't do on Sunday. I had started recording it, but I stopped and started because we had to go out, and went back, and blah blah blah. It was one thirty in the morning. I'm recording. Stopped. I'll do it tomorrow. Blah blah blah. So I'm I'm sort of and I've wanted there was a stop there was a few talking points in that episode that I wanted to talk about today. So I'm mixing up my Kyle Termini. Uh, intro with what I want to talk about today. So I'm just going to say right now, if I am repeating myself on anything, uh, sorry, um, I should take better show notes, but I don't, oh, I write down the show notes and then when the show's uploaded and it's done, I just throw it away, my notes away. I should have, I actually, I should have kept the show journal is what I should have done, um, with like the talking points and the times for everything. Oh, that would have been so much easier. I wish I had done that. Uh, 
I think Alec does that. That's a great idea. I should have done it. It would have been so much easier. Um, anyway, um, if I brought this up before, I apologize. But uh, I, I, although I think the message bears repeating, um, Corey Holland, who is back, 47 years old. I could, I feel Corey Holland. I'm the same age as he is. Um, he is back, though. Of course, he had played in the Quebec League way back when. Everybody knows about the Chiefs documentary. He was in that. Um, he's lost. He, he, uh, he's he's working up north, and he has an everyday job and everything like that. But I know he's lost a bunch of weight. Looks in great shape. Um, he has actually decided to put the skates back on, and uh, he has returned to the LNAH in with the new team in Mount Calm. I believe is how it's refer, uh, pronounced. Um, and he actually, uh, two weekends ago, um, he actually fought three times on the weekend and all three fights were against Derek Parker. Um, so 47 years old, man, you can strap him up and, uh, and he went out there and did it. Um, I know he was, uh, he had mentioned online that his kids were able to see him play. And of course they were all too young before, right? Or probably weren't born even when he was playing. Well, that looked like they actually weren't even born yet when he was playing with the Chiefs. So. Um, so they got to see dad play and, um, he has since not only signed a contract with Mount Calm, but he has signed a contract with the, uh, with the AAA league there. Um, forgive me for my ignorance. I'm not up to date on what the, the league, I guess it's sort of air quotes, a feeder league to the LNAH. Um, he has actually signed on to play there as well. Um, then he'll kind of bounce back and forth between the two teams. I do have a gentleman, Francois, that I've been talking to that I want to bring on the show. And he is obviously right from Quebec. And he knows all about that feeder league and the LNAH. And he is very well versed in what's going on with the league. And I'm going to have, for the last bunch of years, and uh, and especially back in the day as well. So I'm going to have him on and we're going to do a real big LNAH uh, special. And uh, we're going to talk about the old days, but we're going to talk about some of the new stuff that's going on. And the amount of fights that are in that double A league is incredible. And they're still fighting like three times a night in that league. And Corey Holland has gone to that league. Um, the reason I bring all this up is, as I said, he fought Derek Parker three times. Um, you know, again, were the fights the greatest? No. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the dude hasn't played in 15 years. He's 47 years old. He needs to shake the rust off. So, um, you know, yeah, maybe get a few belts under his belt in, in the feeder league and then come back. Um, and we'll see that Corey Hall in the bowl because he was a bad dude back in the day. And, um, but father time, right? Um, the thing that bothered me, um, as it does all the time, it's bought and it'll always bug me. Um, and with the, and I, LNAH fans have, have a certain, I've been fighting with them since 2003. Um, same thing. I think um, there was there was a lot of online shitting on Holland, and it wasn't warranted. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess you know they go to the game and they want to see Morassi and Boss say, "Well, you didn't." So, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Once again, the guy went out there, dropped the gloves, and you know. Was it the most entertaining fight of all time? No, but he still did it. He went out, battled, um, and I it, at that age, whatever. I don't care what age. It doesn't matter. Never mind the age. Just to go out and do it and battle uh, is to be commended. And just because it wasn't didn't entertain you, you know, they didn't fight long enough. That wasn't good combat. Um, there's always these keyboard idiots 
And like some guy goes, oh, this is the future of the league, hey? You know, like, well, did, have you ever bought a ticket? Like, I don't know. How about you just shut up then? I mean, you've never supported the league probably. Or you just sit on your keyboard and flap your lips. Like, you know, and it just irritates me. I mean, they're shitting on Parker. They shit on Holland. They shit on this guy and that guy. And it's never good enough. <clears throat> and it was never good enough. Because I can remember these... <coughs> These same clowns in 05, 06, 07. Back when Bossy was fighting everybody. Terrio and Swanson and Dubé. And all these guys were fighting. They still bitched. It was never good enough. If there was three fights in the game, all there should have been five. If there was five fights, well, they didn't win them all. It never ends. It's just constant bitching. And I understand. I'm just yelling. I'm howling at the moon at this point. Because this is everything in life. People just bitch to bitch. But it's just like, they're never happy. And I don't know, to go on, the guy the guy got on a plane, hasn't played in 15 years, but had the balls to strap him up and go out there, drop the gloves for your entertainment, and then you guess, you can't even get home fast enough. Oh, everybody's, I was going to say get on the computer, everybody's got a phone. So there you are sitting in the crowd, just got to jump right in and just shit all over Corey Hall and Derek Parker. Because, oh, their combat wasn't entertaining enough for you. Fuck you. You know, like... Fuck, suck my ass. You know, to Corey Holland, to Derek Parker, all the guys that are out there throwing down, thank you. And uh, Donnie Augustine, that's the other, oh, Donnie Augustine, oh yeah, why don't they go back to the marathon, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Like, it's always the ones that have never done it have the most to say about it. That's always what it seems to be. And just, Whatever. How about how about just this? Don't say anything. Just don't say anything. I know it's gonna be. I know I'm howling at the moon. I know. But how about if it's just you don't like it? Just don't say anything. For once, just don't say anything. It's just embarrassing. But anyway, what's the other thing? Oh, congratulations to in the end. We'll bounce around. We'll get away from the LNH. Jack Hughes. Does he play for the New Jersey Devils now? Somebody. Whatever. Oh, he, congrats, he took the longest shift in NHL history. Six minutes. Who the fuck plays a six-minute shift? Like like I said, oh, that, that, that's a real, that really illustrates the physicality and the intensity of the NHL these days. If somebody can play a six-minute shift, what are we doing? Uh, how, what, like I don't know the details into it. I just saw the thing that he played six minutes. Like there are beer league guys that don't play six minutes. Hey, at the Christmas Eve Cup, you wouldn't take a six-minute shift because you're winded. So that's about as intense. People are, it's gone over your head. There's a few guys that are listening that know what I'm talking about. But really, six-minute shift? Oh, yeah. But, oh, the intensity level of the NHL is just off the charts, I guess. If a guy can play six minutes. Are you shitting me? Embarrassing. I don't know, and my, I guess my final little odds and ends, and it struck me funny, because it, <laughs> it's actually kind of happened to me too, but, uh, on a much smaller scale, but we're going to bounce away from hockey here for a sec, um, and just talk about, um, who's this Patty Pimblet guy, Patty the Batty or whatever, the UFC fighter, <coughs> on his podcast, he has Dana White, and him and Dana White decide to shit all over, um, Ariel Hawani. Who's it? I mean, obviously the MMA fans out there know who I'm talking about. Ariel Awani's been a journalist for a long time on the MMA scene. And, uh, Dana White hates, they, they don't like each other. 
Um, anyway, old Patty, uh, on his podcast calls out Ariel Hawani saying that, um, he should be paying the fighters to be guests on his show because he's making money off the fighters and he always chalks it up as he's giving them exposure, which is bullshit. He should be paying them and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and of course, Dana White's just right in there calling him an asshole and a shithead and whatever, you know, in, in classic Dana White, you know, he's all there. There's the commissioner that the president of your organization and he's on some podcast calling people pieces of shit and everything else, you know, a real classy individual Dana White is. Anybody that's listened to this show for any length of time uh, knows I'm not a fan of Dana White. Yes, I know about the UFC building it up and blah, 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 and all that stuff. I'm whatever. But to me, he's just a classless fuck, but whatever. And he's a goof. And, you know, I don't know. He's, he's lucky he knew two rich friends. That's all I'll say, but whatever. Freaking, was, wasn't he a jazzercise instructor or something? But he's made hundreds of millions off fighters' backs while paying shit. But whatever. But then there's the school of thought from other people. Well, if they know how much they're going to get, don't sign then. Well, in theory, that's a good idea. Except Dana White, they bought Pride. They bought all the places you can go. They sort of monopolized everything. So, you know, I yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah. I, I believe that would be predatorial business practice, would it not be? I don't know, I'm just saying. But... I'm not a I'm not a huge MMA guy, so I don't know all the leagues and everything. But it seems to me that uh, Pride I did know about, and of course UFC bought that. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a Dana White fan. I think he's a douchebag and or classless at any rate. But the point of any of this, it struck me funny when he was talking about paying guests. Oh, because old Patty's sitting there on his YouTube channel. I was going to say, well, did you pay Dana White to come on your show? You know? I don't know. Like, obviously, I don't know why Patty, because Dana was sitting there, and he knows Dana doesn't like Ariel Hawani. So it was it your big suck-up move? Like, way to lick boots there, buddy. Um, weren't you just crying about he didn't pay you about a couple months ago? You were getting paid shit? Um, but this idea that if you're doing a, a a YouTube show or a podcast or whatever, you should be paying for guests. Well, if you're a journalist, that sort of goes against journalistic integrity. Um, oddly enough, I've actually been called... I, I'm going to get to my point here in a second. I laugh because I've actually, on a couple of occasions, been called a journalist, which struck me funny. Um, but... Um, the reason I bring this up is because somebody had mentioned this story to me. And then they asked me, just out of curiosity, has any player ever asked you to be paid to come on the show? Uh, and the answer is yes. Twice, actually. Um, I didn't do it. Um, I, and I'm not going to say who it was, but or who the people were. Um, but yeah, it's actually come up twice that they they said if, they wanted, if I wanted them to do the show, that I was going to have to pay them. And... Uh, um, one did one gave him a dollar figure and the other one didn't um he said he'll base his price on time <laughs> like yeah well you know uh, i'll let you sit there and you can think about it for a while um yeah no so to answer anybody's question no i've never paid a guest to come on um i would i i mean i've given some people some like shirts or something like that or if i had stuff i've sent them stuff like i i mean i wish i had mer- i know i know i need to get merch i know if I had merchandise like t-shirts and all that stuff, I would 
to all my guests, I would send them a shirt or something, just a thanks for coming on. But in terms of money, no, um, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, but I laugh because it was this Patty guy. It was clear, um, you know, just typical hypocrite bullshit. I mean, one, he has his own YouTube show, but I guarantee he hasn't paid for any of the guests to come on. So that's sort of, I mean, I know he's a fighter and everything, but if you're going to do an interview show with guys, you're bitching that this guy never pays anybody. Well, you've never paid anybody either. Um, I'm sure you'd love to go on Joe Rogan's show. Rogan doesn't pay anybody. So I, yeah, I noticed you didn't call him out though. Um, <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, um, if you do a show, if you do a, a, an interview with, uh, Stephen A. Smith or ESPN or Sportsnet or whatever, do you think you should get paid for that? Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just talking to the monitor here, but it's just like, it, it was such a ridiculous argument, um, that he, okay, you should be paid. Well, all right. Uh, and of course their facts are completely wrong and, uh. Not, not that I'm trying to be some big Ariel Hawani guy. I mean, I, I, I get, I'm sort of indifferent on Ariel Hawani. I don't listen. To, I'm like, again, I'm not an MMA guy, so I don't listen to all their shows or I've never listened to their podcasts. I mean, I know who these, I know who Ariel Hawani is. I've seen his interviews before. Um, I don't, I don't have anything against them. I, whatever. I don't know. I, I've seen. I saw in this whole thing as it as it blew up all over social media. I saw a lot of fighters that were for, with him that were pro Ariel, and a couple guys shit on him. But okay, whatever. But I mean, I'm sure he's ruffled a few feathers. I, I do know him and Dana White don't like each other, uh, or Dana White at least hates him. Um, but okay. But uh, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I just want to kind of, somebody asked me about the paying guessing and then they brought this whole incident up. Um, so yes, I have been asked, uh, I guys wanted money. I have never paid anybody. So, uh, there you go to answer that question. Uh, in a roundabout long ways away or roundabout, you know, go around my elbow to get to my wrist. Um, you know, but there's your answer. No, I have never paid anybody. And now a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, we're at the 40-minute mark and we should do the player spotlight. As I said, it's Scott Thornton. How about we get into it? Um, yeah. Um, I'm doing my transitions quick, quick here. Scott Thornton, uh, six foot three, 215 pounds. He was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, third overall. First round, third overall, 1989 entry draft. Um, you know, it was an OHL guy. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to see him <clears throat> on the world junior team when they came to Saskatoon here. And of course, in, uh, in 1991. And, 
the um the course the big talk of, on that team was Eric Lindros obviously he was uh, um the whole show but man you just think uh Eric Lindros Scott Thornton Brad May yeah man good team Canada had a tough team um so yeah great player um yeah and it was a lot of fun to go down to go down, like I said, to go down these, the rabbit hole. Um, he played 941, uh, games played at 285 points, 1459 penalty minutes, and 108 tilts, according to Drop Your Gloves. Um, yeah. Well, in 1990, 91, uh, was his first year. He was 19 years old, played, uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was his only season in Toronto. Uh, he played 33 games. Like I said, he had one goal, three assists, 30 minutes of penalties. Um, which came from, uh, how many fights did he have? Four. And, um, pop up his fight card here. Um, yeah, Ken, well, Ken McRae in the preseason, then Dirk Graham, Mike Peluso, and Gary Nyland. Um, the Nyland fight, he actually, uh, he hit the goalie and old Gary came in and kind of gave him what for. Um, you know, nothing to really write home about in that in that sense, as far as those fights go. Um, but he, then in the in the off season, he was involved in a trade to Edmonton, and uh, it was interesting with that trade. Toronto sent uh, Vincent Damfus, Luke Richardson, Peter Ng, and Scott Thornton to Edmonton for Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhrer, and Craig Berube. So that's right, Oiler fans. You could have had Craig Berube. So Berube was an Oiler for a minute, um, at least on paper. Um, and anyway, he got traded. Um, that was a pretty good, solid trade for Edmonton. If I'm Damfus, Richardson, Thornton, that's pretty solid. Really, you only get, well, I mean, Fuhrer, but still uh, aging out a little bit at that point. Um, but 91-92, uh, Thornton played most of the season in the American League in Cape Breton. Uh, where he played 49 games, he had 23 points. He only played, uh, uh, 15 games, um, with the Oilers. He had four, he had four tilts, um, in that time with the Oilers. Um, he had a preseason fight with Kelly Chase. Um, then he fought, uh, Darren Kimball. And then he had a great fight with Gerald Diddick in Vancouver. Um, again, when I bring up these fights, um, all the fights are on you, like the fights I'm going to talk about. Um, or on YouTube. That way, um, you know, I want, cause I want to bring fights up so you could like go back and watch them or you're, wa- you're watching them right now as I'm talking about them. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, the, the Diddick fight was great. It was toe to toe along the boards. Um, you know, I, I'd probably, yeah, whatever. It was, it was a good bout. Probably give Diddick the W, but I mean, overall, great fight. But then he, uh, he played the rest of the season in the, uh, in the American League. And, and he kind of could never, um, well, I'll, I'll make that point in a bit here, but, um, again, 92, 93, we start, plays nine games with the Oilers, but then he's back to Cape Breton for the rest of the year. He plays 58 games, 50 points. Um, and this is, uh, again, this is, uh, 92, 93. Um, he actually plays the nine games with the Oilers. He actually doesn't even get a penalty. Um, but then, 93-94, plays two games with Cape Breton, picks up two points, but then, boom, he plays a full season basically with the Oilers, 61 games, and at this point, he never goes back to the American League after this. 
So, um, 93-94 is his first year. He plays 61 games. He has he is in eight fights. Um, <coughs> pardon me. And uh, and and like I said, hey, you know, he's at this point. He's you know 21 years old, 22, and he's just making his way. And uh, it, it's a few. It's it's not until he gets to Montreal really that he kind of really finds himself. And the the one thing I did notice with Scott Thornton as I kind of watched this. I mean, he's a big guy. He has the size to be a tough guy, um, and he and he has fight card. As we go through this, is is really strong. Um, but I think, and this is just my opinion. Hey, actually, maybe I, I should. I, Scott Thornton. We actually follow each other on social media. I should send him a message. Love to get him on the show and and you know and discuss this. But um, I don't know for anybody out there. Like we, I wouldn't call him an enforcer. I, I wouldn't. He had a good fight card, um, but I think he was one of those guys that I think just for that time period, I think he was. And this again, this is just my opinion. Um, he was a tweener. Like I think he got stuck because sort of in that I can be a power forward, but I think they want me to fight more. But I don't really want to fight more. I want to show that I can play. And I think he was always on that fence. And I don't think he can, he really, I like personally, I don't think he committed either way, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he fully committed into the scoring role and I don't think he fully committed to the enforcer role. Not saying he would, wouldn't do it, but I mean, I think there was times in the seasons you could see as his, like he has a couple big fight years and then he just kind of really drops off to not many and it's like, okay, I'm going to try to score more. Hey, the, the money's in scoring, right? So, I mean, I don't blame him. Like I said, dude almost played a thousand games. So it's not, so it's not like any of this is like, um, kind of hindering him at all, but it's just like, I, I, to, that's just my opinion that I think he was, he kind of got stuck. Cause I mean, he had the 10, he had the, well, the one season we're going to talk about in, in, in the lockout year, and maybe this hurt him cause he really got going, but he had 47 games, he had the 10 goals. So he's kind of starting to get going. But then nine goals, and then he goes to Montreal and it's ten goals, and then next year it's six, and then the next year it's seven. You know, and then all of a sudden he gets to San Jose, where he scores 19, 26. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt again, it's nine. And then he plays again, it's 13. So it's like it's up and down. I know he suffered a lot of injuries, and he, there was a lot of seasons that, um, he missed a lot of time. You know, 47, 35 games, 30 games, 41 games. Um, you know, so I mean, his style of play and everything lent to, um, a lot of injuries and a lot of time missed, which is going to affect you both ways. Obviously, it's going to take you a while to get back in the groove scoring wise. And then just, you know, you're going to go up and fight heavyweights after you've missed 20 games. Like, you know, probably not. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 like I said, I, I think he was always sort of, that's just kind of what I got from it going through his career, kind of watching the, the ups and downs. I think that's that's what I got out of it. Again, I might be just full of shit, and that's just speculation of my point, or from my point. But as I'm just sitting here, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But uh, anyway, like I said, ninety three, ninety four. Um, you know, he fights Jeff Rogers a couple times, Cam Russell. Um, um, the, the fights with Audgers are really solid. They're, they kind of go the way you think a Jeff Audgers fight would go. Audgers kind of catches him in the second one, but it's, it's right off the face off. Great fights. Um, 
His fight with Cam Russell is really, really solid. Uh, Russell actually starts off really quick on him. Um, and then Thornton really wor- works his arm out of his sleeve and then kind of gives it to Russell at the end. And of course there, there's some blood and blood and stuff, but it's, um, this beer is kicking up on me, folks. I pardon, pardon myself or pardon me, but I'm also battling a little bit, <coughs> a little bit of a cold. Forgive me. So I'm, I'm trying to hold back here. Actually, hold on. I'm going to go grab a beer here and we'll, so I can, I can stay, what is it? Stay lubricated. <clears throat> All right. We're back here. Yeah. Real, real professional kind of kind of set up here I got going. Actually, another fight that he had that year that I forgot to mention right at the start of the year um, was against Ken Baumgartner in Toronto. Um, again, real solid bout. Uh, you know, they go back and forth. And I think that's um, that, that that's a real... You, you, he's starting to kind of get into it, grow into it. Because, I mean, at that point, Baumgartner's seasoned vet. And uh, for a young kid to, to, to hang with the bomber um, shows a lot. And, and again, I think this is, again, my speculation, but I think this is what, like, teams saw it. Especially, again, we're talking early 90s. Everybody wanted the big enforcer. And especially with a guy like this that could skate and everything else. Problem is, the guy is a first round, third overall pick. Do you want the third overall pick fighting all the heavyweights? You know, probably not. So I think, again, they were probably expecting more scoring out of him, but they kind of probably obviously liked the, the enforcer protection type role as well. So it's like, you know, um, again, early nineties, oh, everyone's looking for Probert, right? Or talking or Neely. Everybody wants the power forward. And I think, um, and I think that's probably what they were looking for out of Thornton. And, um, I think fight wise, he probably gave it to him. Um, but you know, offensively, eh, you know, once he got to San Jose, but again, I think, like I said, I think there was just so many injuries that it was just a real tough battle all the time of what they wanted. Um, but again, I'm not, this isn't a knock, I'm not knocking Scott, Th- I, I love Scott Thornton, he was, I was a big fan. But I think, um, just speculating, um, I'm sure, like I said, I've, I've never spoke to the man, I've never had, the con- but, or I've heard interviews or anything, um, I'm sure on, on, from his level or from his side, it's gotta be really frustrating too with the injuries and stuff. But, like I said, he'd be, I'd love to sit down and have the interview with him and just basically get into the, the mindset at the time about, you know, where he's at mentally. Because like I said, third overall pick, you're expecting offense, blah, blah, blah. But here he is fighting Baumgartner, Audrey's Brashear, you know, Cam Russell. I mean, okay, is this what we want from out of him? Right. You know, so it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's tough, but, um, but yeah, 94, 95 is the lockout season. Um, Again, he plays 47 games, seven tilts. Um, you know, Cam, Cam Russell again, Butcher, Nazareth, Sandy McCarthy a couple times, you know, Quintal in the preseason. Again, he's not picking spots. Like he's, he's fighting like the tough guys on each team. So, um, but yeah, his, um, his fight, his fight with Butcher. And it was funny when I watched this. This is one, this is a fight I had never seen, but. Butcher's with Toronto. I completely forgot Garth Butcher played with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a sloppy back and forth fight, but it's a good tilt. Um, but they kind of go down and up and down and up, but it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, Butcher at that point, a little long in the tooth, but he was with them and, uh, you know, uh, not too bad. And then, um, but his fight with Sandy McCarthy right at the end of the year, um, was a great tilt. And at this point, like Sandy McCarthy in Calgary was a bad dude. This is Sandy, this is Sandy with the flames. And, um, it was long. And, um, 
you know, go down, get up, go down, cut up, but he kept getting up and, um, they, it was a long marathon fight and he stood in there the whole time with him. And, uh, and to me that showed a lot for Scott Thornton, um, in terms of, like, like I said, his fight card here as we go through it, um, he's got big names on it and he fought tough guys, but I think, um, again, my opinion, just as a fan watching, I think that probably that McCarthy fight probably gave him a lot of confidence, um, in terms of hanging with like NHL elite heavyweight fighters because Sandy, I mean, I know there's lots of people, he has his detractors out there and all that, Sandra, you know, all these idiots, whatever. But when Sandy McCarthy was in Calgary, he was one of, one of, if not the baddest dude in the league. And for Scott Thornton to go toe to toe, I'm not saying he won or anything like that, but he was with him the whole way. And, um, and like I said, he had opportunity to bail on that fight and he didn't. Like I said, that you'd be doing yourself a, a disservice if you did not go watch. Now, you know, it doesn't rank up there with the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. No, but it was a really good fight. And just from, um, Thornton's pers- I, I think from looking at it from on the Scott Thornton side of things, I think the fact that he could hang with Sandy, um, at that time, I think probably gave him a lot of confidence. Again, I have never heard, as I said, I've never heard any interviews with Thornton or read about him or he said this about this guy or that guy. I didn't do that type of research into this. Again, this is all just Darren, the fight fan, watching YouTube for a couple hours one day, um, watching Scott Thornton stuff and just jotting down some notes. And uh, this is what I've come up with. So, um, yeah. Uh, the following year is 95-96. It's actually his final year with Edmonton. How old is he at this point? Yeah, he's 24. So he's still 24 years old, still fi- kind of finding his way in the league. Um, but he plays 77 games, um, nine goals, nine assists, 149 minutes and penalties. Um, I, he actually doesn't really do a lot of fighting. Um, he has six fights that year. Um, again, see, this is the thing, right? Then when we get to Montreal, um, he's getting to 12 and he, 13 the one year and you know so it's a real up and down like I think at this point he's trying to be more of the scoring guy and because again he probably a 20 I don't know if he's a free agent because the next year he goes to Montreal um so I don't know if he's trying to jack it up you know whatever but um at any rate he uh fights Todd Simpson in the preseason um where's my I've lost my place in my notes here um unfortunately that I would love to see that unfortunately that wasn't on YouTube or I couldn't find it um, but you know what's a great fight is this fight with Dallas Eakins. Um, Dallas Eakins, I know, uh, when he was the coach and everything, everybody liked to kind of shit him. But back in the day, Eakins was a tough dude. And he was playing with Seattle, and, or Seattle, St. Louis, pardon me, with St. Louis. And they go toe to toe. And, uh, Thornton has this uppercut thing and he ends up busting up Eakins. But it's a great toe to toe fight. Look that one up. Scott Thornton, Dallas Eakins. You'll be, you'll be impressed. And, um, and then, uh, and then another one, uh, another great fight, like, uh, is against, uh, Paul Cruz. And it's in Battle of Alberta, right? December 1st, and they go toe to toe. And, uh, it's, Thornton basically is, um, uh, ends up breaking Cruz's nose. And Cruz is bleeding all over. But it is a great toe to toe bout. And, um, again, he has the fight with McCarthy. He has a great fight with, uh, you know, Paul Cruz and all the, you know, and Rodgers. And so it's like he's really making a name for himself in terms of like a real solid, legitimate, um, 
heavyweight, I don't want to say contender, because I don't think he was ever in that type of discussion, but he's he's a guy that you can't sleep on. We'll put it that way. There's a good term. And, uh, yeah, like I said, 96, 97, he goes to Montreal. Seven, again, but he, and the other big thing with these, in these three year Edmonton and then the couple in the Montreal is he play, he's playing a full, like full season, well, 73 games in the full year, but you know what I'm saying? It's almost a full year. Um, you know, he's, you know, cause the injuries really catch up to him for a while, but, um, when he plays the full season, 73 games, 10 goals, 10 assists, 128 minutes of penalties in his first year in Montreal. Uh, and that is, uh, 96-97. And again, um, a, a real, really solid, real solid fight card. He has 13 fights. Um, again, his old Cam Russell, his old, uh, nemesis. <coughs> but he has a great fight with Todd Simpson. Um, just, just back and forth. I would say Thornton's probably busier in the fight. But if, Todd Simpson's another guy, um, I'm a huge fan of. I got the chance to see, he got traded here to the Blade. He only played the one year here with the Blades. He got, actually, they traded Mark Raider for Todd Simpson, who at the, at, when the first happened, I was super pissed because I was a big Mark Raider fan. He was a big tough guy for the, for the, for the big D-man for the Blades at a couple seasons here. He's tough dude. One of like legit tough guys in the league. And so when they traded him, I was pissed. I'm like, who the fuck's this Todd Simpson guy? Well, and he came here and with it, I think he fought twice his first game and I'm like, oh, I'm digging this guy. But Todd Simpson, great NHL career, was a captain, just gritty dude on D. There's another guy I'd like to do um, a player spot. I'll do a player spotlight on for sure because I'm a massive Todd Simpson fan. But, yeah, him and Thornton have a great fight. Um, you know, I would say Thornton's probably busier in the boat. If you want to – if we've got to give out a win, I'd probably give it to Thornton. But, nonetheless, it is um, – it, it's just it's just a real solid toe-to-toe battle. Um, then his next fights with Paul Laws, who I, I believe he fights Laws like six times in his career, which occurs right there if you're fighting Paul Laws that many times. Um, again, this is the first meeting of theirs. They go back and forth. Thornton looks really good in this. And again, I'm, I'm talking, and then he fights Craig, Br- the Baruby fight wasn't anything, you know, whatever, but he's still, he's fighting Simpson, Russell, Laws, Baruby, Audrey, Churla, Laws again, Langdon, Cairns. I mean, you know, he is making his way through the heavyweight, you know, heavyweight bouts. And, um, like I said, the Audgers round three, again, toe to toe. Um, Thornton kind of big, kind of his size. He sort of takes over, busts up Audgers. Although, I mean, Audgers, I think could probably start bleeding, start in his car in the morning. You know, I love Jeff Audgers, but he was a bleeder. Um, but it, great fight, toe to toe. Um, uh, then he fights Paul Laws again. Wasn't much of a fight. Um, the Langdon fight is pretty much how you would expect the Langdon fight to go. It's a marathon. They go back and forth. Um, I just a solid back and forth. Um, then he fights Eric Karens. Uh, and Eric Karens at this point is with the Rangers. Big young kid coming up. We all know, um, he had a real, you know, basically glass jaw for a while. And yeah, and Thornton catches him and drops him. Picks up the TKO win on Karen's. And, um, you know, again, Karen's a young kid, rookie, you know, still unproven. But it's a kind of a big feather in Thornton's cap, I think, for, you know, just with the size. Like, Thornton's a big guy, too, so there wasn't that much of a size difference. But, nonetheless, there's st- he's still looking up at him. And it still looks good when you can catch a big guy like that and put him down. And, um, yeah, and he did with uh, with Karen's. And so that was, you know, that was a real, real strong season fight wise 
for Scott Thornton that year. And then, you know, going to, uh, you know, uh, 97, 98, still with Montreal, um, play 67 games, 15 points, 158 minutes. So he's basically really kind of putting up, um, I don't want to say fourth line numbers, but he's starting to sort of lean, for lack of a better term, he's leaning a little goonish. And, um, but you know, again, um, fights Denny Lambert in the preseason. Then Alex, Phil Crow, the fight with Phil Crow is awesome. Great fight with Phil Crow. Um, yeah, that's just a tremendous fight that you need to look up. Um, Scott Levins, there's another name for you folks out there. Um, kind of a minor league guy, but he was up a little bit. Um, actually Thornton throws a lot of lefts in this fight, which was sort of, he was, I, you know, um, he's kind of, he can throw both hands. I'll give Scott Thornton that. And he, he definitely, he's a righty, but he, he, he can get his left going. I think he obviously started taking some boxing or something because this is the first time in all the fights. I mean, he had used his left a little bit, but this was kind of the first time that he kind of really unleashed it. We'll put it that way that I saw and, uh, or threw it predominantly. And yeah, and he, he picked up the win on Levens. Um, and again, Francois LaRue, Olawa, VL, Belanger, Olawa again, Grimson. So, I mean, he's, you know, at that point, I guess you can almost look like, you know, if you're going down the enforcers for the Montreal Canadiens, I think you'd have to put Scott Thornton, um, maybe in that list at that time, because it's like, you know, he's not putting up 20 goals. Like I, I, at this point in his career, I would, I kind of hold off calling him a power forward, you know, because power forward, you're looking 50. Personally, uh, I'm, if I'm using the phrase, I'm looking 15, 20, 25 goals, 30 yeah, or plus goals. Um, does nine or six goals make you a power forward? And yeah, no, I'm not saying, I'm not seeing it. I know he had a couple 10 goal years. And again, he had the 10 goals in 47 games in the lockout, which is pretty solid. But then nine, 10, six, seven, Two in thirty-five games. Uh, I, 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 I hesitant. I hesitate to call him a power forward. So I'm, I'm leaning more that he's an enforcer at this point. And, uh, but he's having great fights. Like I said, um, um, the, the fight with, um, with uh, Olawaz or uh, pardon me, um, the the Larue, the Larue one's a little tough, but um, I. I with the VL fight again, he starts strong against VL. Um, Oliwa, he looks strong. He controlled it. I know again, Oliwa's a big guy. Um, Grimson, he started strong, but kind of Stu kind of took over at the end and kind of, this was the Carolina Stu. And that's kind of when Grimson was really starting to come into his own as a fighter at that point, in my opinion. And, um, I would say he kind of picked, he, he took, he started picking Thornton apart at the end of it, but, um, so that's why it's just fights like that and against certain guys that I, and like with laws later on, <coughs> pardon me. Um, I hate to sort of, uh, I put Thornton in that elite kind of heavyweight category. I'm hesitant to do that. Um, and again, not a slight to him. I, I, at this point I would say Scott Thornton is a solid number two. That's not a disrespect thing. I, I like. I don't think he's an elite heavyweight, or at any time was he. But he would fight them without a doubt, and he would, and he had some success. But um, overall, again, I don't think he was ever pushing anyone's top five in a season or anything. But um, 
he's he's looking good. Um, the following year, he gets hurt, 98-99, still with Montreal, 47 games, 7 goals, 87 minutes. Um, you know, kind of a tough year, especially when you come off that. Uh, 47 games, he had uh, 6 tilts. Um, he has P.J. Stock in the preseason, Barnaby a couple times. Once again, Paul Laws, uh, Chris King, and Enrico Ciccone. Um, none of the fights that year were, were anything really particular. The King fight was, yeah, it was all right in the law. I would probably give him the, if you want to give someone the win, that laws, yeah, you know, whatever, but it wasn't, uh, none of his fights were, were making any best ofs. We'll make it, we'll put it that way. Um, the following year, 99, 2000, um, he actually gets traded, um, to Dallas. He plays 35 games with Montreal and then 30 games with Dallas. Um, you know, so 65 in total. Uh, he picks up 108 minutes and penalties, um, and eight fights. Um, again, he, um, Wade Belak, Baruby, Steve McKenna, McSorley, Jim McKenzie, Jamie Allison, Paul Laws again. So again, his fight card is really good. None of these fights were really, eh, you know, the Belak one, not really, Baruby, McSorley. He kind of just, um, um, I, I, I wouldn't say any of these fights were that great. Um, but again, he's in there, he's battling. Um, yeah, so, uh, but he does not stay in Dallas for long. I guess, I don't know, they must not have liked what they saw. But um, 2000, 2001 now, he's off to San Jose, hitting the beach. And I must agree with him because he plays 73 games, uh, scores 19 goals. And then the following year in San Jose, 77, get 26 goals. So he's starting to find, he's definitely finding a home in San Jose. He has 19 goals in 73 games, um, six fights. Um, you know, hey, if you can get 19 goals, six fights, um, he fights Mike Matucci in the preseason and Kale Hulse, the Dano Chara, which wasn't much of a fight. Uh, Chris McAllister, Yuri Fisher, Clark Wilm, um, now, before we get, well, the fight with McAllister is a pretty solid fight, uh, bleeding a little bit. I wouldn't give him the win, but it's a really good fight, again, against a mountain of a man of Chris McAllister. Um, his fight with, I know when I said Yuri Fisher, probably people are like, really? Scott Thornton, Yuri Fisher? Fisher had cross-checked Thornton from behind into the boards earlier that game. So, of course, uh, Thornton went, uh, looking for retribution, and he, uh, it, he fucking, he gets his revenge and he busts Fisher up hard. Fisher's bleeding like a stuck pig. And, uh, he, he gets the boot for that one. But, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't fooling around that he was looking for revenge and he got it. Um, the following year, 2000, 2001, um, you know, is, is obviously his best year as a professional player. 77 games. He scores 26 goals, has 12 tilts. I think this is the guy that, that was the first over, or was the third overall pick. This is who they wanted. Um, you know, again, health, you know, and just opportunity, right? Um, you know, uh, maybe with the coaching, give them more ice time, what have you. But like I said, playing with the right guys, 26 goals. Um, again, Commodore, Kevin Sawyer a couple times, McAllister again, Laws, Halls, Hulse, Mike Brown a couple times. Actually, that fight, uh, or the games in Vancouver, he had three fights that game. He fought Mike Brown twice and Ed Jovanoski and then, uh, Jody Shelley. Um, so yeah, uh, big, big, uh, fight year that year. Um, you know, some pretty solid bouts against Sawyer. 
um, laws, the round five. Um, he's sort of the, he's definitely the aggressor in the laws fight. Um, I'd probably actually give him the win in it. He looked pretty good. Um, the fights with Mike Brown and everything and, and Jovanowski weren't, they're not great fights, but nonetheless, three fights in one game, you know, so he's pretty busy. Um, uh, yeah, and his final fight there, he, he fights Jody Shelley, who's a young guy at the time too, coming up with Columbus and, uh, you know, they're going pretty good. I, Shelley is definitely using his reach to his advantage and snapping off kind of the jersey jabs and stuff. And he catches, he catches Thornton and kind of puts him down with a little bit of a TKO. Um, yeah, um, but again, strong season, 12 fight, like I said, 26 goals, 12 fights. And, uh, you know, and then, and then unfortunately, um, 0203, you know, 41 games, he's hurt again, right? So you come off the big 26 goal year and then you're hurt. And, uh, you know, 41 games, he gets the, he gets, uh, nine points. Um, he just has the one fight. And, uh, so, you know, 0203 fight wise wasn't really much there. But then again, 0304, he's still with San Jose. He plays a full 80 games. It's the only time in his career that he played the full 80 games, 13 goals. Um, at this point, you know, he's 32 years old. I know that's the one thing I was going to bring up with Thornton. I think even now he owns a gym. Thornton was always a big workout guy. Um, so I know he was always physically, he was in shape. Um, so, but yeah, uh, 03, 04, um, 80 game, he had six fights. Um, I know one of the fights he has, uh, was a really good one with Jesse Polaris. Um, Bullerice busts him up a little bit, but, um, but they fought Pronger, Kip Brennan, Jason Weimer, Matt Johnson. Um, you know, again, I don't, not that Pronger and Kip Brennan were kind of, well, Kip Brennan was a little bit of, uh, not much happening there, but the fights with Weimer and Johnson, again, uh, name guys, um, you know, and, I, and I'm sure at this point with all the injuries and everything that he's had, I mean, does he really want to be fighting the Matt Johnsons of the world? Um, 0405 obviously was a lockout year. Um, 0506, we're getting to the end here. He's his final season in San Jose. He plays 71 games. He scores 10 goals, 84 minutes and penalties. Um, he has six tilts. Um, again, he's still, he's still fighting named guys. His first fight was with Wade Brookbank, then Dave Scatcher, George Peros, um, Jim Vandermeer, Josh Gratton. Nathan Parrott. Um, the Brookbank fight wasn't much. I'd give Wade the win. Um, his fight with Jim Vandermeer is really good. Um, solid. He, he looked really strong in the Vandermeer fight. You know, young kid. I loved, I've loved the Vandermeers. Jim was obviously a young kid coming up with Chicago. Um, but it was just a real solid, um, that was a big solid W for Thornton. And then, um, his fight with Grat, Josh Gratton, Toe-to-toe, it's excellent. Uh, again, young kid with Phoenix. I love Josh Gratton. Everyone listening, you guys know who Josh Gratton is. Great fights, toe-to-toe, exciting fighter. Um, him and, yeah, him and Thornton beat the shit out of each other. Real solid. I'm sure 32-year-old Scott Thornton is wondering, what, what am I doing here? Um, but yeah, it's a great fight, as any, as most fights with Josh Gratton are. Um, but yeah, that's how he ends the season that year, but, uh, 
Yeah, and then the following year he plays final two years, 06, 07, 07, 08 with the LA Kings. 58 games, the one year with seven goals, and then the final, final, uh, season of his career, 47 games, five goals. But, um, yeah, he kind of goes out, um, Jamal Mayers, Brad Winchester, um, his final season, 0708. Uh, actually, the, right at the start of the year, he, uh, that's when they played the game over in the UK in London against Anaheim, and he actually fights, uh, George Peros. And, uh, it looks weird because Peros doesn't have a stash. It's kind of odd. But, um, yeah, that's a great fight over in the UK, um, with Peros at the London game. Um, then he has another fight with Mike Brown. That really wasn't much. And then his final fight of his career is against Bryce Salvador. Um, you know, and he probably picked up the, probably picked up the W. February 21st, 2008 was Scott Thornton's last fight. So, I mean, um, yeah, it's, like I said, it was a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. Cause like I said, you're going down a rabbit hole of a guy who, uh, I hesitate, I, like again, I hesitate to call him an enforcer cause, uh, I don't think he really was, but then you go and look at his fight card and it's, it's tremendous. So, you know, at the same time, you know, he had a couple big goal years there, but it was like, you know, do you call him a power forward? Like, again, am I putting him in with a Ginla and like Neely and Shanahan and Tockett and those guys? No. Cause you know, those guys were 30, 40, 50 goal guys. Well, you know, the most Thornton ever had was 26. Again, not a slight to him, but I, I have a hard time putting him in that power forward air quote. Um, depart, you know, so it's like, again, like I said, right. Um, I, to me, he's just a fence guy. He's a, he's a tweener. Like he's not a power forward, but he's not for whatever for this exercise. I'm like, Oh, he's a goon. Like I, I mean, he's not an enforcer. So I wouldn't put him in there either, despite, you know, a great fight card, but I don't think he had the fight numbers to be an enforcer either. You know, nowadays, I mean, you say six fights, holy shit, the guy's leading the league. But I mean, you know, in the nineties, like as we're going through the nineties, if you have six fights, you're it's probably about fifth on the team, right? So, um, in terms of 90s hockey, um, no, he wasn't the enforcer. Um, even with 13 fights, I wouldn't put him in that category. Um, again, great fight card. Um, so again, I think Scott Thornton is one of those guys that will go down as just a, just a grindy, tough, like I said, he's one of those guys that it's like, he, he plays fucking hockey the way it should, was supposed to be played. He's just one of those guys that if you're going, like, it's, I don't know, it's all cliche and all that horse shit, and I can't stand that shit, but it's like, if, if you're, if you ever, you know, it's one of those, you know, road trip three games and three nights and that third night and you're grinding out, he's the fucking guy you want grinding out with you. Cause you know, he's gonna go into the corner. And, uh, if you're on the ice and you're starting to shit, you know, he's going to be there. He's one of those guys. He's a, he's a, and he, I guarantee he's probably a room guy. And it was just like, yeah. So yeah, he might not have, you know, lit the lamp a lot, but you know, at the same, at the same time, if shit was going to go south, he'd have your back. But hey, every once in a while, he's going to chip in offensively for you too. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, you win with guys like that, right? And, uh, I was always, like I said, I was always a big Scott Thornton fan and, um, yeah, I, it was just a, it was just a fun little um, trip to go down. Um, I didn't I like I knew he'd fight. Like I said um, before, I did the whole YouTube thing and the deep dive into his career. I, I knew who he was and everything and all that, and I'd seen his fights and stuff. But um, when you start looking into it and you look at the numbers and stuff, you, you, it sort of paints the picture of his career, right? Like I said, it's not like I followed his every 
every game or anything. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun exercise to do. I hope you guys, I don't know, maybe it's a little, maybe this stuff's a little dry, um, with the player spotlight. I enjoy doing them from a selfish point of, point of view, I guess. Um, I hope you guys enjoy them. And like I said, I, I try to review the fights that are on YouTube and, uh, you know, give you something to watch while you're listening. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I hope you go check it out. And like I said, do your deep dive on Scott Thornton. There's a lot of great fights there, and I think you'll be entertained. The Grattan fight, the Karens fight, um, you know, on and on. Like I said, I brought them up uh, while I was doing it here. So, yeah, I, I really hope you uh, you go and check it out. But uh, there it is, the, the Scott Thornton deep dive. And he is Joe Thornton's cousin, but he is not related to Sean, if you're wondering. Um, but, yeah, Scott Thornton, like I said, we do follow each other on social media. I should reach out to him and get him on. I think he's been on Terry Ryan's show. I know he's done a pod. I can't remember whose podcast it was that he did. I know he did one. I didn't listen to it, but I know he did one. But uh, I'm not really big on listening to other people's podcasts or hockey podcasts. I think it's because I do two shows a week and I talk about it all the time. I mean, I'll support my friend Joe and Alec and stuff. But outside of that, I don't really listen to anybody's shows. So um, I just... You talk about it all the time. It's like I don't want to listen about it either. Um, so no offense to anybody. Now and again, not like I'm dead set, like there's a big rule in my life that I never listen to other hockey podcasts, because I have. But as a norm, I don't usually. Um, I, I always sound like a degenerate. I was going to say, most podcasts I listen to are just about gambling, um, or stories about gambling, um, and Jim Cornette's show. Um, but other than that, and even then, I've kind of, I don't, uh, with the Cornette show, I don't like, like, when he breaks down, like, AEW and the Raw, I don't give a shit about that, I always just fast-forward it to the questions. I like when he talks about old-school stuff. I'm not, because I'm not watching the new stuff, so I don't know what he's talking about. It's, like, familiar, right? I don't watch hockey either, but, anyway, nobody gives a shit about that. Um, well, an hour and 22 minutes, there you go. I was gonna say, I'm gonna try to get this done in 45 minutes, and I had to, I had to circle the drain for, for, uh, for a bunch, so I, I dragged it out. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, I want to thank everybody with for their well wishes. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, guys, I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I, I've put feelers out. I've talked to a couple guys. I've talked to a few fight fans about coming on. Um, we're still sort of hashing out what we're going to talk about. Um, but I haven't, I don't have anything really concrete right now. Um, so we will see. And, uh, and like I said, and, and right now, as we sort of enter into, you know, the silly season and Christmas is getting closer and people with kids have Christmas concerts and commitments and everything else, I don't know how many guys have time to sit down and, oh yeah, I got two hours to talk about my career, you know, let me regale you, um, you know, while, while we're trying to put up the tree. So, um, I don't know how the interviews will be going until, I don't know. Maybe guys have time. I have no idea. Like I said, I'm gonna th- I've put out feelers to people, and uh, going forward, we'll find out here. But uh, at any rate, that is today's show. Um, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hope everybody has a good work week here or start of the work week. And uh, I'll be back midweek and Wednesday to, to to talk to you. So until then, let's get out of here, folks. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?